Aloha, everyone. It's Dr. Lisa Hartwell. Welcome to Anxiety Ease, the show that reveals a calm mind is an organized mind, and an organized mind is a calm mind. We'll make it fun and inspirational with a bit of learning the neuroscience and the real reason some of us keep pushing on professionally, good or bad, at the expense of leading life with inner peace. Aloha, welcome back to another episode of the Anxiety Ease podcast show. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Hartwell. And today we have a very important topic to discuss, and that's about sleep and its significance in managing high-functioning anxiety. And if you haven't noticed, um, my sinuses are a bit plugged. I've caught my son's uh, cold the last week of school, wouldn't you know? But I am taking my own advice from a few episodes ago, and I am in here batching about five episodes today. So don't think that I have a cold for five weeks when you listen to this. Um, I just am batching. And so I'm going to have the same voice here for the next few episodes. So I apologize in advance for my nasal nose. But I do want to talk about sleep. I love sleep. It is one of my favorite things to do. I never have problems sleeping. I am one of those people that can sleep anywhere and any position that probably comes from my years of uh, being a nurse, emergency and a flight nurse where, you know, you catch sleep when you can, sometimes on a bouncy aircraft and, you know, you just make it happen. And um, now I can fall asleep on a dime within usually about 10 minutes, but that is not the case for everyone. You know, if you find, if you're someone who does deal with anxiety, especially high functioning anxiety that kind of comes and goes and you find it challenging to get actually that restorative sleep. We actually feel refreshed and ready to go. This episode's for you. We're going to explore the connection between anxiety and sleep. You know, that vicious cycle that can develop when you don't get sleep and your makes your anxiety worse. And some actionable steps you can take to improve your sleep quality. Alrighty, so let's dive in. So to begin with, um, I do want to say that I would say about 20% of my therapy practice actually begins with phone calls with folks calling because they, uh, you know, most people are pretty familiar with the term insomnia nowadays. It's a pretty mainstream term. And, you know, in actuality, when I'm doing an assessment, just a, a quick assessment, a screening call to see if they want to even start in therapy is, do you have anxiety or do you have a sleep insomnia issue? And that's one of the things that we do during our assessment, but they definitely go hand in hand. If somebody's calling me for insomnia, I'm going to probably 90% guess there's some underlying anxiety going on. If somebody has some anxiety issues coming on that they're calling me about, I can about 90% assure that they're having difficulty sleeping. So they definitely go together. But let's talk about high-functioning anxiety and how it does intertwine with sleep. Uh, remember that high-functioning anxiety refers to individuals who may appear outwardly calm and successful, but internally they experience significant anxiety. Nobody would be the wiser. You're the only one that knows that you have it. However, you often find it difficult to switch off your mind, leading to racing thoughts and a constant state of worry. That's pretty typical. Now, sleep plays a crucial role in managing anxiety, and especially when you have high-functioning anxiety, this becomes even more important. This lack of restorative sleep can perpetuate a vicious cycle, which exacerbates in the end your symptoms. 
You know, people with high functioning anxiety often struggle to fall asleep due to their racing thoughts and worries. And usually they experience frequent awakenings throughout the night, which makes it more challenging to get into that deep, restful, restorative sleep. Um, you know, the in, insufficient sleep that you experience with high functioning anxiety can also worry, you know, worsen these symptoms and that you're, you feel more stressed throughout the day. You're just, you have less coping strategies and you're more easily stressed. And, you know, maybe you're a call, calm and cool as a cucumber for the most part, but when you're lacking in sleep, it just makes it worse. So, you know, and this and further disrupts your sleep which creates a cycle that can be difficult to break. And it's crucial to address the cycle to find ways to improve sweet sleep quality. So how do you do that? How do you break this pattern and get some restorative sleep? And when I use that word restorative sleep, um, what we try to look at through science and through quite a bit of um, lots of research on sleep, really what you're looking at, anybody who is getting an average between five and a five and five and a half, sometimes six hours of three cycles of sleep. That's what we we refer to as restorative sleep. That's the time when our memories throughout the day have consolidated to the part of our brain that uh, puts it in a nice little file cabinet for us and stores it away and it discards the rest of it. Anybody who's ever seen Inside Out on the Disney, I love that um, movie. And of course I would because it's a brain nerd <laughs> specialty, but uh, it's really about, you know, our brain getting to work when we're asleep, actually, and uh, discarding and deleting things that we don't need and storing experience and experiences and thoughts and feelings that we did experience. But let's talk about some strategies that can help. First and foremost, establishing a consistent sleep routine is essential. Going to bed and waking up at the same time every day, even on weekends, helps regulate your body's internal clock. This consistency can signal to your brain that it's time to wind down and prepare for sleep. You've heard me talk about this before. Everything that we're doing when we're talking about consistency and behaviors is all about the collaborative effort in our neuron pathways to associate our behaviors with something else externally. So if you're going to bed at the same time, say 10 o'clock every night, when 10 o'clock rolls around, your brain is going to start to be wired, essentially, when it, number one, sees 10 o'clock on the clock. And number two, it's going to get into its natural rhythm to start winding itself down at that time because you've trained it to be that way. Same thing as when you're sleep training babies. It's exactly the same concept. Um, A second one would be creating a sleep-friendly environment. And this usually means that if you can keep the room that you're sleeping in your bedroom dark and quiet in a comfortable temperature. Now, they say that cold is a uh, trigger response for melatonin release that helps you feel tired, which might be sometimes when you get cold, you find yourself yawning. That was actually very normal. And if you're in a tropical environment like we are, we actually have air conditioning just in our bedroom, but not everybody has that luxury. So um, whatever you can do, if you can have on fans or something, but it would be more about creating an environment where you can create at least a cooler temperature than, than normal. And it can also be helpful to remove electronic devices from the bedroom. I know this is a, uh, a t- you know, bugaboo for so many people. It's so hard to let go of your phone at night, right? 
and at least minimize it before you use a bedtime. I always tell folks, you know what, try to at least stay off of your phone an hour before you go to bed, minimally a half an hour. And that's because the blue light that's emitted by screens can interfere with your body's, uh, really your the trigger response that wants to trigger your sleep-wake cycle. We need uh, darkness and cool uh, environment in order to trigger melatonin, which is the, the brain signal to start to go to sleep. So uh, if you can try and work on that one, that, that's probably a big, the biggest one for everyone. <clears throat> Another effective technique is to pr- practice relaxation exercises before bed. And, you know, this can look like anything from deep breathing, meditation, gentle stretching, anything to calm the mind and pre- prepare your body for sleep. Um, again, this is about that learned response that when you start engaging in these behaviors regularly and consistently, your brain gets the signal, oh, I remember this. This is the position we're in. This is the action that she takes when she's ready to go to sleep. So by incorporating a wind down routine, even reading a book or taking a warm bath can signal to your body that it's time to relax and unwind. Uh, another thing of why folks call me, of course, is to, uh, is to really consider managing your anxiety throughout the day which is more about implementing stress reduction techniques such as mindfulness, journaling, any kind of anxiety alleviating uh, behaviors that create a more peaceful state of mind before bedtime. And really looking at cognitive behavioral techniques that look at how your thoughts and your feelings and your uh, belief system and behaviors are all linked together and reinforcing each, each other. Um, if you need help with that one, just give me a holler and set up a time to talk with me and I'll walk you through either if I can't help you, I'll certainly find somebody that can to help you with more personalized strategies. That's probably the biggest key is sometimes it's hard to read and learn, even listen to podcasts about these things. And if it's not, it's difficult to personalize it to yourself. So that's okay. Just reach out and get some support from a professional to help you break that cycle you know, of anxiety and sleep disturbance. And then lastly, it's crucial to prioritize self-care and make time for activities that actually promote relaxation and well-being. So it sounds redundant, but engaging a regular exercise, you know, a healthy diet and managing your caffeine intake, especially later in the day, I always say if you are someone that bothers is bothered by caffeine, make sure you stop drinking caffeine, all caffeine products, Usually about two or three hours before you go to bed should be enough, but they all contribute to a better quality of sleep. You know, taking care of yourself holistically is key. And it's important to really remember that finding what works for you takes time and experimentation. Don't be discouraged if some strategies, you know, don't work immediately. Patience and persistence are vital when it comes to improving sleep and managing anxiety. That's normal for all of us. And You know, again, sleep is not necessarily luxury, but it's a necessity for everyone, especially those of us dealing with high functioning anxiety. By prioritizing and implementing these strategies, we can break this vicious cycle of poor sleep and anxiety that leads to improved overall well-being and more mindful journey. Um, If you have any questions, just give me a call. One of the resources I wanted to offer you folks is... Uh, Say Goodnight to Insomnia is a program that I uh, um, have been using for years in my practice, uh, so much so that I 
uh, have hired some interns to implement the program. It's really a sleep coaching program. And that's something that you can really do with yourself as well. He has a fabulous program online, Dr. Steve um, Jacobs. Say Goodnight to Insomnia. It's a great title, but he has a whole program around insomnia and how to get yourself back to sleep on a regular schedule. And uh, if you have any questions, reach out. Uh, Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope it just sheds a little bit of light on the importance of sleep when managing high-functioning anxiety and just a a few practical steps to help you achieve that restorative sleep that we're really deeper... um, restful sleep that we're talking about here and just be patient with yourself and take small steps towards this better sleep and again i always like to remind you if you enjoy this episode and you want to continue to listen go ahead and subscribe leave a review and share it with anyone who else can benefit and until next time take care and sleep well aloha Okay, that's a wrap for this week. The Anxiety Ease podcast is produced by myself and the music is provided by Pixabay. For more episodes or to get in touch anytime, you can visit my website, drlisahartwell.com. And if you do like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us out a lot. Also, if you want to see where you fall in the continuum of your high-functioning anxiety, head on over to the link that's found in the show notes, heartwellanxietyassessment.com.